Welcome to Day 142 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Paul Camp here with Matt Kresge, David Keefe, and Katie Kresge. So we continue the drama of Scripture. Uh, we've selected readings from both the Old Testament and the New Testament that uh, carry the storyline of Scripture and unveil you know, some of the major themes in Scripture. And of course, as we come to 1 Samuel, one of the major themes that we find in Scripture is the theme of, of kingship. Um, more than anything else of a king and a ruler, you know, after God's own heart. And so we've seen a description in Deuteronomy of the kind of king Israel should choose, you know, for themselves, a king uh, who, of course, is one of them, a king who is not uh, after personal gain or after military might, but a king who is deeply committed to the word of the Lord and reads the law and meditates on the law, and, of course, a king ultimately that points him back to the true king, which is, God Himself. So we're introduced in um, you know chapter nine of First Samuel to the first king of Israel, uh, a king that uh, you know in, the, in these opening chapters seems to be you know the the right choice, but very quickly seems to be a king who is just like what Israel requested, one that's just like all the other kings from the nations around us. So we pick up in First Samuel chapter nine, uh, as we always do. We, we we pause here before we read God's word with grateful hearts, knowing that we've received such a wonderful gift in Scripture where God has revealed His heart and His character to us and gives us a vision of His glory, gives us a mirror into our life and our failings, and by His Spirit takes His Word and completes His work in us in a way that is beyond our comprehension, but we're so deeply grateful for what He desires to do in and through us. So before we read, Matt, um, do you mind offering this moment to the Lord for yeah, us? Let's pray. Father, we are um, grateful for this time together in your word and, and grateful that you have spoken to us um, through your word and revealed yourself to us through your son. Uh, Father, we ask for wisdom as we read together. We ask that you would um, convict us uh, of sin, encourage us in, in, the, in our need for encouragement and comfort us um, in your grace. Father, we thank you that you have... Um, done all things to, to both accomplish our salvation and and to draw us um, to yourself. And so, Father, we ask as we spend this time together um, that you would draw us, um, that you would meet with us. Thank you uh, for this time. Um, would it be for your glory and, and for our, our joy? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. First Samuel chapter 9. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zoar, the son of Berkorath, the son of Aphia, of Benjamin, Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost, and Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area of Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on to the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. And then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but he did not find them. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Saul said to his servants, If we go, what wink can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him, Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I'll give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. 
formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go to the seer, because a prophet of today used to be called a seer. Good, Saul said to his servant, come, let's go. So he set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water, and they asked him, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now. He's just come to our town today, for the people have a sacrifice at a high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited will eat. Go up now. You will find him about this time. They went to the town. As they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I've looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you what is in your heart. As for the donkeys you were lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Saul answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel, and is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Israel? Why do you say such a thing to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about thirty in number. Samuel said to the cook, Bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one that I told you to lay aside. So the cook took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, Here's what has been kept for you. Eat, because it has been set aside for you, for this is occasion from the time I said, I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. After they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel talked with Saul on the roof of his house. The rose about daybreak, and Samuel called Saul on the roof, Get ready, and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. As they were going down to the edge of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And the servant did so. But you stay here for a while, so that I may give you a message from God. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, The donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on from there and you will reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God. And there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres and timbrels, pipes and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you'll be changed into a different person. Once these things are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what to do. So here we meet uh, the first king of Israel searching for his father's donkeys. 
three days journey looking for those donkeys it must have been pretty impressive donkeys you know that they're running after if only they come to the conclusion dad's probably going to at this point after three days maybe value us as much as he does his donkeys <laughs> so we better get back uh, to the house so what are some of the things that stand out as you guys uh, read, read through this passage really interesting passage in so many okay. different ways uh, you know as, as it opens up now, one thing I saw, I mean, you know, we saw yesterday when we were looking at chapter 8 that, you know, the the Lord tells Samuel, like, hey, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And so we we see that kind of tear in their relationship. But even still, we see God, like, so intimately involved in all these little details. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and so you can't but be impressed and just, like, taken back by, like, and who is this God? Like, he still so loves these people. And he's still for them, even though they are so far from where he'd want them to be. He's still, like, talking to Samuel and letting these donkeys go away, right? And he's with the women at the end, and they're giving them all these details to, to Saul about what's about to happen. And so we see God still so intimately involved with his people, which to me is just, I mean, just causes my heart to just kind of be in, in awe and wonder of how good and gracious God is to his people, even when... And they're so far from him. Yeah. And of course, you have to like the introduction where you're, you're given six generations of, uh, you know, the fam- you know Saul's family from Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And of course, a little bit later, when he uh, Samuel will say to Saul, "All the desire of Israel is turned towards you and your family in this moment." And he answers, "You know, we're the smallest tribe of Israel." And that takes us back to, you know, the Book of Judges, where this entire you know tribe is nearly wiped out, you know, through civil war. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, the uh, uh, the casualties are so great that they have to acquire wives for the Benjamites and in a lot of kind of crooked, you know, backhanded kind of means in order for the tribe to prosper. So you do have this tribe that was almost wiped out, which is becoming, you know, the leading tribe in Israel. And, and of course, you have found for your very first king, one who is as handsome of a man as you could find anywhere mm-hmm. in the nation of Israel. And he's a head taller, a head taller. you know, than uh, anyone else. Wow. And, and, of course, we're set up you know, for something that's going to occur much later in this passage where the way that we look at people and the way that God looks at people is completely different. Mm-hmm. And so here's one who's very kingly and very you know, striking to the eye. He has the stature of a king, not quite the bearing of a king, as you'll find out in the next you know, few passages. But he's everything you know someone might look for in the ideal leader. But God is looking in a far different way, in a far different place, when He is looking for leaders. Well, height is going to play a key role in this in this narrative. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like in the English, we don't always see it right away, or and maybe even we just we just read it as descriptions. You know, but we begin to kind of remember the the prayer of Hannah, and and we begin to see the way that they descri- it describes Saul, you know, and it's going to m- frequently mention his height, and that height's going to be a key to beginning to see how proud he is later. And then we meet David, you know, little old David, and and then you'll meet Goliath. Yeah, I mean, we're watching just kind of the, the, these heights mm-hmm. give us a, an insight into, it's the narrator's way of, of kind of giving us a little insight into the, the hearts of the people as and, well. And of but course, you have, you know, the children of Israel coming into the promised land and send the Amalekites are there, and we are but grasshoppers, you know, compared, you know, compared to them. Mm-hmm. So you have a, you know, you have a measure of, you know, physical strength, uh, and physical bearing, uh, but you're not necessarily, uh, you know, factoring in what God is looking at yeah. and who God is, you know, in the level of trust that you have in Him. 
I'm just struck by um, just the obedience of Samuel and um, I thought you would be struck by all of the musical instruments I mean, listed right yes, here that's, in one single one single place. <laughs> that's a given, but yeah, just I think um, to see all the ways that he he took God's word and he and he acted and he prepared that meat for Saul before ever meeting him, and he did all of these things in preparation for Saul um, before they ever met, and so. I just think, yes, absolutely, God is involved in the details, and and how cool is it when we we are obedient and we walk in obedience um, to Him, and there's there's fruit that comes from that. So, um, yeah, it's just it's such an interesting story. I think you you kind of wonder, okay, if, when God and God chooses a king, how does he become the king? Like, how does he get from just being a normal person to being the king of Israel? And you're starting to just see all of these things. Um, and he's going to have to be seen by people. And um, there's going to be a strange moment where he's prophesying and people are like, wait, what? <laughs> Is he a prophet now? <laughs> What's going on? Well, you do have, of course, you have a confirmation with Samuel about this time. Tomorrow you'll meet a young man. Right. Uh, and he is the one you are to anoint. And so you have God preparing, you know, Samuel for this moment. And then, of course, you have three signs, you know, for Saul, you know, for Saul as, you know, for Saul as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, there'd be, you know, I love it, deal to be a guy carrying three goats and a guy carrying three loaves of bread uh, and a skin of wine. And they'll offer you two loaves. Go ahead and take this. <laughs> yeah, just you know, so The detail detailed. is, you know, uh, yeah. you know, so deeply rich. Before that, you'll meet someone and say, by the way, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, uh, donkeys your dad are looking for have been found. And now he's, he's, he's worrying about you. And then finally, you, you will see those prophesying and the spirit of the Lord will come on you. And, and of course, this is something we've, we've left out of our observation, which is probably the the most important thing coming on them visibly you know much in a way you know that what happened you know at pentecost when they would be you know speaking in other tongues a vis you know physical manifestation of what was happening internally mm-hmm. with them in, in the holy spirit but you have to love that line and he will change you into a different person mm-hmm. which really points us you know to the gift of the you know the gift of god's spirit to us in the heart of it is not that we have these incredible gifts like prophesying or speaking in tongues or working miracles or anything else. The, the heart of it is, and he will change you into a different person. And, of course, that person, uh, he will conform us into the image and the person, uh, you know, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So you have kind of a nice little foreshadowing of the work of the Spirit in our heart and life, the, the work of the Spirit in coming on Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of... Uh, Beautiful prophecies being fulfilled, and, and of course, there'll be another major sign that we'll read, you know, read about, you know, tomorrow, as well. How God is orchestrating this event to come out exactly the way, you know, that He desires it to go. So it, it'll be obvious from the beginning, even when things turn bad, you know, that God's hand is is on this, and God is sovereignly leading His people in, in this moment. Mm-hmm. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for. Uh, the deep reminders, the deep truths we got to see today, how you are deeply involved even in the obscure, somewhat obscure details of our of our days, that, that we can trust you. Um, help us to be a people that, that deeply trust you uh, rather than taking life into our own hands and, and doing what we want. Maybe be a people that seek after you and desire what you desire. And as Paul's already mentioned, thank you so much for the, the deep reminder that 
that through your spirit um, you are able to transform us and so we thank you for the transformational work uh, of the new covenant to come and how you are are making a new people that deeply uh, desire what you desire with new hearts and new minds and we uh, we thank you for the, the wonderful truths of your scriptures help us to be your people today for your glory our joy we pray this all in the name of Jesus amen, amen.